What's up? I am so happy that you are connecting with us in this very moment. And listen, you know what I've been saying for the last several weeks. Whenever you're watching this and wherever you're watching it from, it is a God-ordained moment. We're in the second week of a series that I am calling Unshakable. And here's the deal. Uh, we're moving towards a national election. We're less than two weeks away. All kinds of uncertainty around it. COVID-19 is sweeping across the country with a vengeance and the world. We got all kinds of uh, challenges that's happening as businesses are closing down. And that doesn't even take into account whatever's going on in your personal life. So here's the deal. If there ever was a time that you and I, we need to build an unshakableness into our lives, into our hearts, into our spirituality, into our faith, it's now. So let me encourage you right now, if you're watching on Facebook, push that share button. And also, if you're watching by way of our, our, our website, share the link with your family and friends because you want them also to figure out how to build unshakableness into their lives. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for orchestrating this moment. I want to thank you for giving me this word. It's specifically for, for a person that's listening to me right now. So God, would you move supernaturally and empower and encourage and enlighten and build people up from the inside out as they lean in to your word. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, if you were with us last week, you know that we took some time and we started to work through Psalm 62. Let me just quickly give you the context again about the psalmist. Here's the deal. If you read the entire psalm, you'll discover that some people, a group, we don't know who they are, but they're powerful and they are coming against his external life with a fierceness. And his outside world is beginning to come unglued. But deep on the inside, he's declaring to anybody who will listen, he's essentially saying, I am unshakable. Can you just type that in the chat, unshakable? As a matter of fact, while you're typing in the chat, when you hear the word unshakable, what are some other words that come to your mind? Other words, just type them, unmovable, firmness, whatever else, just type it in the chat. As we listen to the psalmist, as he describes, watch this, his internal world while his outside world is under siege. Right? Here's what he says. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be, uh, despite what's happening in my external world, I shall not be greatly, shout greatly, greatly shaken. I love that. All right. If you were with us last week, you know, here's some points that we made. Let's do a real quick review. When bad things happen in your life and in my life, here's the deal. It feels like the end of the world. So here's the question that we have to wrestle with. What do I need in order to have an unshakable life? And last week I told you what you need is a palm tree faith. And when I talked about a palm tree faith, here's what I'm talking about. That palm trees are one of the few trees that in the midst of horrendous hurricane winds and rains, that you find them bending, as you see in this picture, but not breaking. And what the psalmist is describing in this psalm is that he has a, a, a 
palm tree faith that allows him to bend but not break. Let me show you where it is in the psalm right here. He says, look, God is my rock, my salvation, my fortress, and I shall not be. Can everybody shout greatly? Can you just type in the chat, in the, in the, in the chat greatly? Greatly shaken. Greatly. In other words, uh, life can shake me up a little bit, right? Uh, uh, I, I, I told you last week about two parents back in Boston who experienced the worst horror any parents can experience. They lost their adult children, one uh, son and the other a daughter, to violence. And they emerged on the other side of that with the ability to say, I, 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 I shall not be greatly shaken. The greatly allows for the humanness that, that we all bring to our faith, right? In other words, it creates space for, for there to be grief and for there to be some doubt and for there to be horrendous emotional pain, right? But to a point. Look at what's behind the Hebrew word for greatly, as you recall from last week. It means too much or uh, beyond a certain point or by implication, it means that I'm bendable. Those two parents were bent over by the pain and the grief of horrendous loss. Their, their faith was bent by the, by, by, by the pain and grief of horrendous loss. But notice the word shaken. The Hebrew behind the word shaken is to be toppled or to fall. To say it in other words, I, I, I'm going to be bent, but... But I will not be toppled over. I will not fall over or I will not break. The two parents that I'm talking about who are amazing Jesus followers right now today, uh, if they were here, they would tell you that, that they were bent like a palm tree. But they did not break in terms of their trust and their confidence in an all-powerful God being at work in their lives, which makes them unshakable. All right? So here's, uh, here's why the psalmist declares about who we believers should be in Psalms 92. Here's what he says. But the godly will flourish like palm trees. Ask, there's somebody next to you. Ask him, do you have a palm tree faith? Here's the deal with a palm tree faith. So at the end of the day, a palm tree faith makes me bendable, but not breakable. I'm bendable, but not breakable. Last thing, as we, as we get ready to shift gears here, one more thing. I told you last week that part of what makes the palm tree faith bendable, but not breakable, is that its roots of trust is deeply implanted in God's character. And that there are three things that we know about God's character. We know that God is good, that God is able, and that God is for me. And circumstances are not always good, right? People are not always for you. Uh, and, and life is broken, and there's a such thing as evil. But here's what is always true, despite circumstances. The psalmist would declare, despite the folk coming against them, God remains good. God remains able. God is for me. He just typed in the chat, God is for me. Now, for the rest of this message, here's, what I want, here's the question I want us to wrestle with. Uh, okay, I've got a 
palm tree faith. Okay, I get it. But how does my palm tree faith help me to navigate, listen, the bending season? Did somebody say bending season? Notice that this palm tree has been over. And if you're caught in a hurricane as a palm tree, sometimes those horrendous winds at 125 miles per hour with all of that rain, all that stuff, sometimes it can bend you over for five and six and seven hours. That's your posture. Now, on last week, we had a wonderful celebrating moment because I told you that after that seven-hour pass, that over a period of time, that palm tree begins to straighten back up. And at some point, come on, when the sun comes out, the palm tree looks around and declares, I'm still standing. That's the celebrating moment. That's the moment of victory. That's the testimony moment. That's some of you listening to me and you're, you're thinking about, uh, as we said last week, having come through a divorce. Or you're thinking about having had a job to collapse, to collapse and you didn't know how you were going to survive. But you're looking around today and you're declaring, I'm still standing. But there are others of you and all of us at some point or another, even if, we, even if we're in a I'm still standing moment, just keep living. We're going to go back through at some point because life is broken. We're going to find ourselves going through one more time a bending season. And so the question is, how do I endure a bending season? Not a season that lasts for seven hours. But maybe it's seven months, or maybe it's two or three years, a bending season. When you get that diagnosis of COVID-19, a cancer for you, that starts a bending season. When there is a death of a loved one that you so cherish and you enter into that grief, for you that starts a bending season. When, 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 when you're working and you've got a tough teenager that you're trying to parent for the next several years, that's a bending season. Can somebody just type in the chat, bending season? Shout, bending season. How do I navigate it? All right, listen, there are three levels of practices that I want to walk you through. I'm going to do it real quickly uh, because I just want you to have it. I hope you're taking notes. And then there are three type of prayers that I want to teach you to pray that's going to help you to navigate with your palm tree faith bending seasons. All right. So first of all, when we think about uh, the three levels of practices, I want to remind you that God made you body, mind, and soul. So first thing God wants you to learn, here's what all the professionals say. So I'm going to quickly walk you through this. These are what the professional says. If you're going through a tough time and that tough time extends across months or extends across uh, maybe a year or two years or whatever the case is, these three things you know. First of all, I got to take care of my body. What does that mean when it says take care of my body? Well, first, it means that I need to exercise regularly. Make sure you're out there walking or running or working in the, in the yard. You got to exercise regularly. Secondly, you got to eat healthy. Let me just show you. See these two items here? (laughs) This is a honey bun. This is a banana. I'm just seeing what you're paying attention. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is a honey bun, baby. I'm telling you, this is good to you. I know. I love honey buns. This is a banana. Somebody shout banana. It's good for you. I'm not telling you you can't eat honey bun with all the glaze and the sugar and all that wonderful stuff. I'm just saying eat less honey buns and more fruit, more of the stuff that's good <laughs> for you. All right, let me keep rolling. <laughs> Number three, I got to take care of my body. That means you got to rest well, all right? So, everybody shout, take care of my body. Secondly, if I'm going to sustain a bending period, I got to also take care of my mind. And part of how I preserve my mental health, in addition to what I've just taught you about your body, is that you got to stay connected socially. Make sure that you're you're texting and you're Zooming and you're calling and you're talking to people. If you're going through a sickness, come on, if you're going through a period of prolonged unemployment, if your marriage has fallen apart, you're in a bending season. So you've got to make sure that you're not tucked away in some room by yourself with the blinds closed down. No, you've got to stay socially connected to manage depression and anxiety. Come on, everybody shout, socially connected quickly. Secondly, Make sure that you are experiencing the sunshine and the outdoors. The the same power that the sun has to cause the grass to grow and the trees to bloom, that same rejuvenating power blesses your body, blesses your mind, blesses your soul. So make sure that you stay in the sunshine as much as you can. Sit in it. Get out in it. Thirdly, I got to take care of my mind. Everybody shout, my mind, my, 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 my mind. Thirdly, I got to take care of my soul. Everybody shout, my soul, soul. Here's a couple of things that you want to do to take care of your soul. First, stay spiritually connected. We talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go into detail other than to say, I want you to stay connected to our weekly worship and stay engaged in scripture. As a matter of fact, I want you to see our weekly worship in terms of the singing that we do at the beginning and this teaching moment, watch this, as a resource for your soul. The psalmist is talking about, notice, his soul in the text. And you need to be able to resource your soul when you're going through a bending season. So don't think that you got to wait on a Sunday before you can engage with us in terms of worship and teaching. If, if If the worship Uh, earlier was just inspiring and encouraging and the teaching uh, really motivated you and and gave you some practical thing that really lifted your spirit on Sunday but Tuesday morning at 1 a.m. you've been rest you've been tossing and turning uh, ever since you went to bed at 10 30 11 you can't go to sleep you're you're dealing with stress and anxiety well listen open up your laptop uh, 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 get back online go to our website or download our app check this out download our app as a resource, listen to the teaching, re-engage with the music, and let God resource your soul. And then lastly, uh, uh, reach out for prayer. I want you to be able to reach out for prayer with your friends, and you ought to be in a small group. If you're not, just connect with us. We'll get you in a digital, spirit-centered small group so we can help resource you. But I also want you to know if you just go to our website because you just, you wake up one day, you just need prayer. And you don't know who you can call. Just go to our website and right on the front page, you'll see if you need prayer, there's a section. Boom. And we'll call you and we'll pray with you. Because you've got to resource your soul 
in order to get through a bending season. So that's the three levels of of what I want to call practices that you just got to do. All the experts agree with it, and they talk about these in one form or the other. Now, here's the deal. I want to spend the the rest of this now talking about uh, how do you pray through a bending season? How do you pray during a bending season? Here's the first insight from the psalmist. Let's go back and see what he says in Psalm 62. Let's look at verse 1, what he says. He says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. My soul is waiting for the, the empowerment of God alone. My soul is waiting in silence for an encounter with God alone. And I sit in silence. It's the first insight that the psalmist is saying. As he's trying to work through his bending season, the psalmist is teaching, he starts his prayer time with silence. And so, you know, sometimes we talk so much in our prayers that God can't get a word in edgewise. I I just want to give you a different paradigm for prayer. Uh, and, and, And so prayer begins, at least for the psalmist, waiting in silence. I told you last week about how A few weeks ago, I was tangled up in stress and anxiety and grief. And I knew that I needed to get into a a context of prayer. And so I went over and started to try to pray. And some of you can say, man, you get this, right? I started to try to pray. My words felt empty and powerless and meaningless. Felt like they were bouncing off of the ceiling. Anybody ever had that experience, right? And, 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 And then something in me said, Hush, and just sat in silence. Sit in silence. And as I was sitting there in the silence, I began to imagine what was actually true, that God was in the room with me, that I didn't have to get an email to him in eternity. He was right there in the room with me. And, and, and as, my, as, as my words ceased and my heart opened, I, I, I began to just pour out spiritually. And had a spiritual encounter with God as he feels. This is what the psalmist meant when he says, I'm going to sit and weep. So I want to challenge you. Look, over the course of the next week, I want to challenge you. Just spend five minutes a day uh, in a prayer that starts with silence. And if you got some feelings, you may want to take some monks some time, take one of your electronic tablets or something. And before you start, just write down your feelings. And you can write some of them down in the chat as you're listening to me now. It says, you know, I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling afraid. I'm, 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 I'm feeling confused. You just write them down. And you just put that tablet in front of you and you turn off the music. No music, no TV. Just set in silence and say, God, meet me as I offer you my feelings. And just sense your feelings flowing out of you to the God that's filling the room around you. (laughs) This is the context. This is what the psalmist is teaching back in verse 1. This is what he's saying. He says, look, I'm in that place of silence, and I've opened up my heart. I'm being attacked on the outside, but internally I'm opening up my heart. And guess what? From him, from God, comes my sense of salvation and victory and deliverance. That's what that word means, comes from him. And out of that experience, I know that he's my rock, my fortress, 
then I will not be greatly shaken. Even though I'm working through this sickness, I will not be greatly shaken. Even though my spouse is threatening to leave me, I will not be greatly shaken. Start your prayer in silence. And then as you think about prayer, I want to suggest that there's three types of prayers that I want to walk you through real quickly. The first is what I want to call the prayer of declaration. Can everybody shout declaration? You declare something to be a reality. It's a, it's, it's, it's a declaration, right? As we read what the psalmist is, is, is writing, we read it as written text. We, 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 we read this verse as an experience already lived out. But the psalmist, he's writing this as his declaration. Remember, he's being attacked. He's, he's being assaulted. His life is being assaulted from every angle. And he's saying, he's saying internally, here's how I'm surviving my, my bending season. Uh, 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 and, 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 and what he's writing is a declaration. And when you declare, you want to pay attention to the words you say. Everybody shout words. And you want to pay attention to the images you see. Because that's the doorway to help you to connect with, with the God who, who will empower you in your bending season. Watch the words he say in his declaration and the images that he sees. Watch this. He says, he, God alone, come on now, here's the first image, is my rock. Notice it. This is what the psalmist meant. In the Hebrew, beneath that word rock is, 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 is the suggestion he's standing up on a mountain. And this doesn't just depict his bodily person. This really depicts his interior self, his soul. And I love that sunlight shining. That's, that's God's got him. And, 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 and the suggestion is that my enemies will attack, whether it's sickness, whether it's, it's, it's people that's trying to undermine me at work, that my enemies will attack, that life will attack, whether it's children that's losing their mind, that, that, that trouble will attack. But, but I'm standing up on the mountain of a God who, who, who's got me. He's got, he's got the best part of me, my, the, the, the internal. My soul is secure. Whew. And go back to the text. Notice, he says, so God is my rock. I'm thinking that was the rock. He said, and God is my fortress. This is the image he has in mind of a great castle. He's hidden in the castle, and they're coming against him. And you know what? You might take my money. Come on now. You might threaten my health. Uh, you, might, you, might, you, might, you might steal my job. Uh, 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 but but, but my, my, my soul is anchored, as one writer says. It's protected. It's sheltered in a God who is good, who is able, who is for me. And he's declaring it. We're reading what he's declaring. One thing that I like to do when I'm working through the tough times in my life, I declare scripture. You know, one of my favorite scriptures to declare is when I'm running up against tough time, I just remember who God is. And I love Paul. He writes, for God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. If anybody been around me, you heard me quote this. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I can think or imagine. But another scripture I like to quote when I'm going through some tough, dark times is Psalms 27. Because the psalmist, David, is declaring 
what he knows to be true about God as he goes through a difficult time. Here's what he says. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress there. That, that imagery again, protecting me from danger. Watch this. Uh, so why should I tremble? Come on now. He's, he's talking about what he knows about God. He's declaring. He's reminding himself of who God is, that God is good, that God is able, that God is for him, that God is all powerful. And, and, and sometimes you got to speak this out because life will batter you and come on and trouble will wound you and beat upon your faith. And you just got to remind yourself and look at him as he's reminding himself here in Psalms 27 about who God is. He says, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high. Remember that picture of the soul high upon a rock. Come on now. And then he goes on and he says, and I'll look Come on now. Uh, uh, then my head will be exalted above the enemy surrounded me. I will sacrifice. Watch this. Watch this. Everybody shout, I will. I will. Write that in the chat. I will. This, what he's about to write, has not happened. He says, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music for the Lord. It has not happened. He is declaring what he's experiencing. Expecting God to do. Now, here's an insight. I want you to get there's a lot of theology in this insight. I don't have time to unpack it, but if you get this insight, you can walk with it. Watch this. Uh, uh, uh. I can't force it, but I can imagine it. I can't make God deliver the outcome that I want, but I can imagine what that outcome looks like as, the, as David is saying, man, I can see myself walking in victory. I can see myself, come on now, walking into the sanctuary, shouting with the saints. Come on now. I can see myself surviving COVID-19. I can see myself walking through the chemo treatment and see myself on the other side. I can see myself surviving, having gone through a series of infertility challenges. I can see myself with a child. I, I can see myself, come on now, back Asking in the glory of God. I can see it. I can't force it, but I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. You know, my grandmother, who was my grandaunt's sister, she shared with me after my grandaunt had passed, she said that my grandaunt told her while I was a teenager that boy's going to be a preacher. Keep in mind, I was a horrendous teenager. Some of you know my story. I was getting in all kinds of trouble. I kept my grandaunt on her knees. But somewhere, she got a notion that God was working something in me. And, 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 and without any real evidence, listen to me, while the boy was still getting in trouble, while the boy was still being kicked out of classes, while the, while, 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 while the boy was still being sent home. I'm talking about me. I'm the boy. Come on now. I, 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 I don't know how it manifested in her heart or in her spirit, but she could, she could see me. Come on now. 
becoming somebody. She could see me making an impact. She could see me proclaiming the word of God. And so I just believe that in her prayer time, she began to declare, God, I just declare that, 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 that come on, come, come on, that, 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 that you know the future that you have for him, to, 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 to prosper him, to give him a future with a hope. God, I declare that, that, that he's going to break free of his brokenness and become somebody. God, I declare. She couldn't force it, but she could imagine it. She could declare it. Try it. Rather than imagining the, the love of your life walking through the door for another confrontation, why don't you imagine a different scene? Why, rather than imagining showing up at work and finding the same old misery, why don't you, why don't you imagine a different scene? Come on now. Rather than imagining the worst scenario, consider the worst scenario, but, but, but dwell in the possibility of the best of what God can do. Consider the worst, but dwell in the positive. What are you imagining? How do you, how do you navigate a bending season? You gotta imagine better. You gotta declare greater. You gotta believe God knowing. He's good, he's able, he's for you, amen. And amen. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. That's how you navigate a bending season. Listen, right now, popping up on your screen should be a connection card. And, you know, the first step is, the, is the opportunity to com- make a commitment to the Jesus that I'm talking about. And there's some other steps there. I want to point you to the response to the message. And response to the message, I will begin my prayer time with silence. I want to challenge you to have a new paradigm. That this week, you're going to set aside five minutes. You're going to set your, the alarm on your phone. And, and, and you're just going to do five minutes of silence. You're going to start your prayer time in silence. And then here's the, here is the uh, reflection question. I want you to think about it. Take a picture of it. Wrestle with this. What's my greatest fear in my bending season? And I'll see you next week. Guys, I always just want to say thank you for joining us. We never take your being with us for granted. Make sure you share with your family and friends, uh, both on Facebook and the link to our website, uh, this message and our worship gathering. Everybody needs to know how to build in unshakability into your life. And if you want to be notified whenever we go live on Sunday, click that bell icon and turn on notifications. Be sure to press all.